Welcome to the Deeper Podcast. I'm Pastor Doug Taylor, and I'm joined by Dr. Dave Vance, lead pastor of Crossroads Community Church. We have campuses in Shelby, Ohio, and in Mansfield, Ohio, and a city center in downtown Mansfield. This podcast is designed to help you go deeper in God's Word and to grow deeper in life application. This is great for you to use individually. It's also great for you to use in a community group or a small group in your home. We have been journeying through the book of Jonah, and we're all all the way up to chapter four. We're going to go through the first four verses, but before I do that, I just want to let you know that this weekend's message may have been the best message you've ever preached, the way it sounded and the way you looked. So can you explain a little bit why I, why I think this was your best ever? This, this was a big game uh, that happened this weekend because... Uh, my Maryland Terrapins, and I'm from Maryland, born and raised, been in Ohio for four years, uh, will always be a Maryland Terrapin at heart. I will root for Ohio State and the Buckeyes, uh, but not when they play Maryland. And so uh, this weekend, Maryland played Ohio State. Everybody expected, including myself, that Ohio State would wipe them off the field, but that didn't happen. And, <laughs> and I just want to highlight a few texts I received before the game, things like, should we spot Maryland 50 points? <laughs> and... Another one, will Maryland even come out of the locker room at halftime? Who would have that? that yeah. And here we were uh, in the game with a chance to win it um, and in, in overtime, overtime. Yeah. And the guy was wide open. We missed it and we lost by one point. Great game. And, and to be honest, it was a win. So the deal was if Ohio State won, I wore Ohio State jersey. If Maryland won, I would wear my Maryland gear in Ohio. And Ohio State won, so I kept my word, and I wore a Maryland, uh, Ohio State jersey, a Buckeye jersey. Yes, you did. And uh, was that frustrating to you? Was there any frustration in that? You know, there really wasn't. I'm going to tell you why, because I felt like I couldn't lose. I mean, <laughs> there was a game. We right. had a game, and we played against uh, Ohio State very well, so I am not unhappy, and most of the freshmen on Maryland's team were pretty good, so... And this is the big week right now, the Michigan-Ohio State That's week right. as we go in. So now let's transition into the impor- the really important stuff, God's Word. And we're talking about God being God. And uh, as we look into this chapter in Jonah, but the first question I have for you is, can you think of a time when you have been angry or you have been frustrated and angry with God? And can we do that? Is it okay to be angry with God? I've never been angry before. <laughs> never I'm once. just kidding. Uh, you have course, four boys. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> never I have. been angry. Uh, you know, I, I remember there have been some vivid, big times. Uh, my dad died when I was eight. I remember raising my fist to God in in kind of the air, and I said, "God, how could you do this for to me?" Um, and uh, don't you care? I, I remember the first funeral I ever did uh, was a funeral for I was an, I was an intern, a full time intern, just came on staff, and I did a funeral for a four year old girl who was killed by her grandmother, and I officiated the funeral. And I remember walking in, not knowing the circumstances, and learning that this four year old girl was killed by her grandmother, and just being overwhelmed, distraught. I got in my car and I said, "God, how could you allow this? What kind of God are you?" I was a bit frustrated and angry with God, and you know what I would say. Uh, we can get angry with God. In fact, here we're going to find that Jonah, after the repentance in Nineveh, is angry with God, and God doesn't scorn him for it, that it's okay to be angry with God. Uh, The question isn't, are we angry? The question is, what is our response to that emotion? 
Yeah, I remember a time when I applied for a job years ago, and uh, I felt like God was was asking me to apply for it, and then I didn't get it. And, and there was some frustration and anger, like, why did you want me to go through this process? But that that was what that was the obedience was stepping forward and going through the process. But you're just kind of like, why? And you're, you're frustrated. We do see that with Jonah. If this story was just about Nineveh, um, it would have ended in chapter three, but it doesn't end there. It keeps going. But chapter four gets a little awkward and a little confusing. Can you explain that to us? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's awkward because if you, if you end in chapter three, you've got this great revival happening in Nineveh, probably the greatest revival in human history. And you really should have Jonah in the middle of the city having a party. This is the arch enemy of Israel. And so he would have been not only a, a prophet of Israel, but he would have been an enemy to them as well. And yet they turn their lives around and it says they, they fast and pray and seek God and uh, they repent of their evil. And you would think at this point, Jonah would be, again, having a party in the center of the city of Nineveh. But instead, the lens turns to Jonah. And what we find is God is not done with Jonah. Uh, that Jonah here is a messenger that doesn't yet get the message. And God goes after his heart. And so it almost gets awkward because it's like the, 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 the lens goes deep into the heart of Jonah. And we get to see what's really happening inside of his heart. And, and what we find very quickly is it's tainted when it comes to the character of God. We see in the Bible, in the text, that, that uh, it says that Jonah was displeased with God. What does that mean? Why was he displeased with God? Yeah, in, in fact, the language here is, is pretty pretty amazing. It, it says in the text, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. Um, and it's a, it's a repetition of a word, ra'ah, used in different forms. Ra'ah is this word that means evil. And literally what Jonah is saying is he's saying, God, it was, it's evil to me in the most evil of ways. <laughs> he, he's basically calling the God of the universe who just rescued an entire city, the, the most probably the, the metropolis of the world of the day, and yet he's crying out saying, God, you are evil. And the response is, it says he's angry about this. The, the word angry there in Hebrew is the word charad. It, it literally means a nostril burn. He, his nostrils were burning toward God. And what it was is we, we find here in the text, Jonah tells us. Now, some scholars, they have some questions about this. Some will say, well, maybe Jonah was a little bit of, of a jealous that God was working in Nineveh and not Israel. Some would say maybe he's trying to guard God's reputation and God's, um, God's outlook for, for, for Israel. Some will call him a traitor, think he's, he's afraid to be a traitor here, and so he's angry. But he tells us why he's angry in verse 2. He said, Lord, didn't I, didn't I say this to you when I was yet in my country? That's why I I flew to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Jonah tells us it was because of the character of God, a character that only connected to Israel, not to other, other places in the world, according to Jonah's perspective. And yet here was Nineveh seeing the graciousness and the mercy of God, and he didn't like it. What God did intersected with his thoughts, and he didn't like what he saw. And it was based upon the character of God. He, he was angry about God's character. 
we see this emotion, this raw emotion coming from Jonah. And think about uh, ourselves for a second. And usually when my raw emotions, my frustration comes out, for me, it's usually when, when my pride is, is wounded or somebody's not obeying or something doesn't go the way that I wanted it to go. Yeah. And that's where I get that, that kind of, oh, you know, your blood's boiling and yeah. you're just frustrated and you're trying not to have those emotions. But, but are, are those emotions wrong in and of themselves? They're not wrong. Uh, you know, we all have those emotions. We all feel things. There are things that we, we think we should have that we don't have. There are things that we, we don't want to have and we do have. There are, you know, maybe life circumstances, maybe sickness or disease or suffering. And these things we don't want to have. There are certainly things that we wish or th- believe we need in our lives and God isn't giving it, them to us. So those emotions aren't wrong. The responses are where we get tripped up. And here, that's what we see in in, in Jonah, the, the, the problem with our emotions is our response. Here, uh, this, this response really gives us insight into the heart of Jonah. It, it says, I said to you, I made haste to run. I knew. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life. If you notice the pronouns there, I, 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 my life. Uh, it's very self-centered and personal. But the one thing Jonah does well here is he goes to God. He goes to God. It's the one place we can go in, in the midst of our emotions. Emotions aren't wrong, but the question is, where do we turn? And Jonah here goes to the right source. Now, God is going to reveal his wrong heart, but he goes to the right source. And we find in this text that God doesn't scorn him yeah. for his prayer. He prays. He, he goes prays. right into prayer. Why do you think prayer is a great way to deal with those emotions? You know, this is the second prayer we find in Jonah. The first one is for deliverance in the belly of the fish. This is the second one. I, I think I think what prayer does is prayer not only casts the burden of our feelings to God, and I love the verse, 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care on him because he cares for you. But, but, but prayer doesn't only cast the burdens of our emotions onto God. Prayer also reminds us of what God is doing because what happens is prayer is a window to our hearts. And when we pray, what we're really doing is opening up our hearts to reveal to God what's really going on in the inside. But in giving it to God, we're also telling ourselves. And so I wonder here, as Jonah is praying, if he catches, wait a minute, I'm really self-centered. Uh, now, he's not, he doesn't get it yet, but God is revealing this. And the text reveals this very specifically, these pronouns of I, 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 and then my life. Um, because it wants us to know that this prayer is a window to the heart of, of the person and that hopefully we then see who we really are, and then we respond in faith. Jonah utters a beautiful phrase in this section. You are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Uh, this isn't the first time we see this, right? We see it in other places. Explain that to us. Yeah, this is actually funny because Jonah is actually saying to God what God has spoken about himself. Um, we go back to Exodus 32, after the, the people, the Israelites, the Hebrews came out of Egypt, God delivers them across the Red Sea. They come to Mount Sinai where, where Moses goes up to the mountain to get the two tablets of the law. And while up there, God tells him that down below the people of, of, of the nation of, not yet the nation of Israel, but the Hebrews are, are uh, making a golden calf and they're beginning to worship a false God like they did in Egypt. And and so God says, Moses, I'm going to start over. I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to start over with you. And, uh, and Moses says, God, don't do this. Relent of that. Don't destroy us. 
remember your faithful covenant to Abraham. And so he goes down and it says he throws the law, the, the tablets down. And he says, what have you done? You sinned against God. And the people repent. And he goes into what is called the tent of meeting. Uh, this is a place that God and Moses talked. It wasn't yet the tabernacle, but it's a forerunner of the tabernacle that is to come. And he talks to, to, to Moses in a pillar, uh, kind of a pillar of fire or a cloud. And he comes to, into a cloud and, and it says that Moses says, don't destroy us. And God says, I won't destroy you. And Moses says, well, give me some, give me some proof. And uh, God says, okay, well, what proof do you want? And, and Moses says, I want to see your glory. God says, well, you can't, you'll die. <laughs> and so he puts Moses in a cleft of the rock and it says, God passes by and shows his glory. But, it, but Moses only sees the backside of God's glory and his countenance just changed. And then he says, come up to the mountain again to get the, the law. So he goes back up to the mountain and it says there, as he's about ready to give the second time the law to Moses, because Moses crashed the first ones, he says these words. He says, I, the Lord, the Lord am a gracious God slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, relenting of disaster, yet not letting the guilty go unpunished. There's this beautiful text that he reminds Moses of his own character. So Jonah here, he's really just speaking the character of God back to God himself. He's challenging God's character by questioning God's character in this moment. And for our life application, um, we see people around us all the time questioning God's character. Yeah. Uh, what are some areas that you've seen where people and in their lives, they question God's character? Yeah, I think I mentioned a few of them, but, but there could be times where there's things that you, you feel you need you don't have. And you can begin to think, does God really care? Is God really there? Does he hear this need? Did he not see that I'm lacking this? It could be a relationship that we believe we need in our life. It could be a relationship we're lacking. It could be a a, a child or financial situation. A or diagnosis, a job, yeah. A diagnosis. And we're like, God, are you not going to work in this way? And, and what happens is it's when God's work doesn't match our thoughts is where we feel these emotions against God's character. And so these happen all the time. It could be financial. It could be job. It could be relational. Yeah. Uh, you had a quote this week in, in, the, uh, in the program. Can you go over that quote with us as we end? Yes. You know, and this is really the basis of what we find here in this story of Jonah. It's that the more we understand God's character, the more we understand not only God's character, but I would say the consistency of God's character. The more we understand the consistency of God's character, the more consistently uh, we should be overwhelmed with joy regardless of our circumstances. When we get God's character, we then can be overwhelmed with joy because we know he's consistent. And so our consistency is found in joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory, no matter what we're facing. Yeah, it's our prayer that you would embrace God's faithful, consistent character, even at times when you might not understand what he's doing in your life.